Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. And today is the silver anniversary episode. We are at episode number 25 of this grand podcast experiment. We're going to have quite a bit of topics to talk about today. We're going to talk a lot about tech football, uh, specifically some of the potential uh, coaching news that could be coming down the pipe. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the Quinn Ewers um, situation. Talk about tech basketball, give you my thoughts on their game last Tuesday against Providence. We're gonna look at I'm gonna I'm gonna make fun of some fan bases today and make fun of Brian Kelly specifically. And then we've got uh we'll give you my latest review of the Star Trek Discovery uh episode that aired this week. I was also able to finally see episode three of Center Seat, and we'll finish up with some wrestling and the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's talk a little bit about tech football. Um, we will find out tomorrow where tech is going uh, bowl game wise. Um, the scuttlebutt that I've I've heard is it looks like it's either going to be the Liberty Bowl or the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Um, if they go to the Liberty Bowl, they will play an SEC school. Um, guaranteed Rate Bowl uh, would be a Big Ten school. I personally would prefer. The Liberty Bowl. Um, I would. I'd rather play an SEC school. Um, honestly, um, I've, you know, Florida, Auburn, even Mississippi State could be a potential opponent for Tech. I think, you know, be all fun matchups. You know, the guaranteed rate bowl uh, teams I've heard be like Maryland or Rutgers, and you know, not not interested in that. Um, either of those two bowls are better than. Uh, you know, the Armed Forces Bowl, First Responder Bowl, where you're having to play, you know, a group of five conference team. I would rather play someone from a power conference, preferably the SEC. But we'll we'll find out uh, tomorrow where Tech is going. Uh, should be interesting. It's fun to actually have this conversation. Haven't been able to have that conversation for, you know, four years now, so... Um, a lot of coaching movement this week with uh, Texas Tech. Um, you know, Sonny Cumbie, last week we talked about the fact that he was named the offensive coordinator by uh, Joey McGuire. Um, Sonny Cumbie uh, this week was hired to coach at Louisiana Tech. I'm happy for Sonny. I think that uh, I hope I think that's going to be a really great fit for him. Um, and I know he'll do do well down there. Um, but now we're we're now looking for a, an offensive coordinator um, and a defensive coordinator as well. Um, some a lot of the rumors right now, or is it's going to be potentially Zach Kitley, um, who is the offensive coordinator currently at Western Kentucky. They played last night. You know Zach Kitley, very familiar name, obviously to Tech fans. Uh, his uncle is Wes Kitley, the national championship winning track coach. Um, you know, Zach Kitley was on staff when Cliff Kingsbury was the coach. I believe it was as, an, as a graduate assistant, uh, coached the quarterbacks or something. He's He's been real impressive. He was impressive last year at Houston Baptist. Obviously, you know, Tech had to, you know, deal with his offense last season against Houston Baptist. This season, obviously, been very impressive against Western Kentucky. I like Zach Kitley, and I like the offense that that he's running. 
the the major little pause for me with Zach Kitley is is it's a very up tempo offense and I would like for Tech to hopefully be a little bit more balanced. I think a lot of that will depend on who we hire as defensive coordinator. So I, I think you could you could do very well with Zach Kitley, you know, quarterback wise. I mean, this is a guy that was coaching quarterbacks when Patrick Mahomes was at Tech. The quarterback for Western Kentucky has been very impressive. The quarterback last year for Houston Baptist was very impressive. So I, you know, I, I think he definitely, you know, would be a would be a solid hire. I'm, I'm just, you know, honestly, I'm a little bit more interested in who the defensive coordinator is going to be. And then on the offensive side, you know, I think you really need to upgrade the offensive line coach because the number one issue that the offense has had over the past several years, even going back to the cliff era is offensive line play. Offensive line play has to be upgraded for tech to be successful. You go back to those early two thousands teams, those offensive line lines that they had were I mean solid I mean many of them ended up in the NFL and I think you've got to you've got to get uh, better offensive line play um, so it looks like sounds like potentially we could be seeing Zach Kitley come here um, as far as defensive coordinator the two names one is you know if we if we get him that would be a grand slam home run the other one I think would be a, a decent hire as well. Um, the The grand slam hire is there's been a lot of rumors about potentially maybe the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator coming to Tech. If there's a chance of that, Tech needs to throw money at him, throw big-time Buku's money at the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator. That defense for Oklahoma State you know, saw them against Tech and then you know, saw them in other games. Extremely impressive. I would, you know, if there's any chance to get him, pull out all the stops. Throw all the money you can, potentially. The other potential name I've heard is uh, Tony, uh, Patrick Tony, out of uh, the University of Louisiana. I think that would be a, a solid hire. You know, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be as excited. But, you know, bottom line, we, we, need, we need to get some sort of stability on the defensive side and actually start working on getting some playmakers over on that side of the ball. So, and I think a lot of that will fall on the entire coaching staff, you know, and I think Joey McGuire has, has put in a lot of work recruiting wise on two positions, specifically the offensive line, which I already said it's weak and needs to be upgraded. And then the defensive line and secondary in that, uh, that area. So, we need upgrades at defense. You know, at the defense, if you throw out the Texas and the, the TCU game as, uh, as well, you know the defense wasn't bad, but I think you still need it. You still need to upgrade a lot more on the defensive side of things. So hopefully next week we will have a little bit more, uh, you know, details as far as who the coaching staff is going to be especially the coordinators. They did name some uh, members of the coaching staff this week. There are going to be several Baylor coaches coming over to Tech. Um, you also had uh, a couple of, you know, the SMU special teams coordinator. He's coming to Tech as the Tech special teams coordinator. 
So, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I do like that uh, DeAndre Smith seems like he's going to be retained. And it's not just about Donovan Smith staying here, I mean, which I want Donovan Smith to stay here. But, you know, DeAndre Smith, you know, the running backs at Tech have been one of the one of the highlights of the offense. You know, you've got the play of Sir Roderick Thompson, got Taj Brooks, um, you know, when Shadarius Townsend was in there, Xavier White. You know, I think you've got, you know, the running backs have been very solid, and so I think that was a good uh, ret- retention. I was a little bit surprised that uh, Joel Filani was not retained, but, you know, I think, honestly, Filani will probably go to Louisiana Tech with Sonny Cumbie, um, but, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. So still a lot to be assembling for next year's staff with the uh, Tech, and then in the midst of that, going to a bowl game and, you know, Sonny's going to coach the the team in the bowl game, which, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to watch how all that kind of falls together, falls into place. Um, you know, the bowl game, it's it's a fun bonus, but I'm not, you know, committed to, oh, you know, if we don't win, it's this is a bust of a season. You know, I, I think the the primary focus, main focus needs to be recruiting and assembling, uh, you know, the program and rebuilding the program for years to come. And I think Joey McGuire's doing a lot of that heavy lifting right now. You know, the other big news with Tech football this week that um, was ta- that happened was we did get an announcement for the south end zone. Uh, should be exciting to see how all that's going to fall into place. But, you know, quite a, quite a lot of money being poured in to the football program. And, you know, a lot of people saying, well, you know, I wish I would go to other stuff. Well, the reality is, you know, Tech has not spent the money on their football program that their peers in the Big 12 have been spending. And it, and quite frankly, it shows. That's why, you know, Baylor is the Big 12 champions. That's why Oklahoma State is in the Big 12 championship game. You know, to me, those are programs that you should be on. Really, I think you should be even with Oklahoma State. And you, and you should be above Baylor as far as the resources that we have. And, you know, they've they've really built solid, successful football programs. So I'd love to this time in December, you know, three, four years from now, be talking about, you know, Tech being in the Big 12 championship game. You know, <laughs> one can dream, I guess. So then we've got we had the news drop um, on Friday about Quinn Ewers, who was a recruit that signed with uh, Ohio State He's from South Lake Carroll. And he entered the transfer portal, and the reports are that his top three potential landing spots are Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech. And A&M has already got a five-star quarterback coming in. Texas is a dumpster fire, plus, you know, it's Austin, and they've defunded the police now, so it's basically like Lebanon down there. Um, and they're a dumpster fire football program wise. And so a lot of people are thinking Texas Tech could be a logical landing spot. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit on the fence with this with this player, uh, Quinn Ewers. You know, obviously very highly touted. South Lake Carroll has a history of great quarterbacks coming out of there and, and being impressive in on the college landscape. My concerns are, you know, this was a guy that he left South Lake Carroll early. He was supposed to be their starting quarterback this fall and uh, left early, reclassified, enrolled at Ohio State, 
almost won the job at Ohio State. And then, uh, you know, obviously uh, Stroud won it. Um, but he left – He a lot of the reports were he left South Lake Carroll because of the NLI uh, – or NLI, NIL uh, name, image, likeness um, – new rules that he was he was going to be making you know over a million dollars in nil deals and you know the uil in texas wasn't going to let him uh you know make that type of money and so now he's he sees the writing on the wall at ohio state that he's not going to be playing there next year uh you know being able to get on the field so go, go find another landing spot my concern about yours is is he another Tate Martell, Spencer Rattler, too much of a diva, prima donna that's going to be all about him and really doesn't produce on the field? Because, you know, both those guys, and, and yeah, you know, Spencer Rattler has looked impressive. And, you know, if he if he chooses to go to another program, which a lot of people think he may just go to the NFL, you know, he'll be he'll be an asset to that program. But you know you you you've got to evaluate like Tate Martell and Spencer Rattler. Are they more trouble than you're going to get out of them on the field? I don't know. Um, you know, there's reports that that there's going to be several players that that are going to sign with whoever you are signs with. You know, there's no player that should be bigger than a program. Um, but you know. I, We'll see. I, I like I said, I'm on the fence. I, I need more information on this on yours and and certainly, um, you know, I think being in the conversation at Tech and getting this opportunity could be could be really good. Um, but again, that's why they that's why they pay Joey McGuire the big bucks, you know, and not you know Joe Schmo me uh, to make those decisions. But be interesting to see what happens. You know, there's reports that uh, Riley Dodge, which is who is the head coach at South Lake Carroll um, could be joining the tech staff. And that's a signal that yours would come on, on a tech. I don't know. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly good with getting a guy like Riley Dodge of successful high school football coach on this Texas tech staff. Um, you know, I think the, the bedrock of Joey McGuire is going to be recruiting, recruiting, recruiting the, the Texas, uh, Texas high schools, and I think they've they've hit the ground running with that, and I think that's a good thing. Um, we've you know we haven't done a very good job of recruiting state of Texas, and places like TCU and SMU and Baylor have passed Tech by, and I don't think there's any excuse for that. You know, Tech should be top top five landing spots for a Texas high school football player. You know, and I don't think it has been for many years um for through several coaching staffs so it wasn't just a matt wells thing i don't think cliff did a very good job with uh bringing in that texas high school talent so i do want to say a couple of things about uh some of the other football news this week uh ou fans you have been cracking me up with your your reaction to uh lincoln riley leaving for usc um, they, you've, you just, it's just, it's been fantastic. Um, uh, first of all, I understand why Lincoln Riley would, would leave. I get, um, going to a place like USC, you're going to be the big dog in the PAC 12 and it's, you know, it should be very easy to win at USC. You have 
the right resources. You're in a pretty solid city, although, I mean, I would never want to live in Los Angeles, but a lot of players want that sort of glitz and glamour. You know, the Pac-12 doesn't have a lot of strong programs, and especially the Pac-12 South doesn't have very many strong programs. I mean, you're, you know, you're competing with the Arizonas of the world, you know, you should be able to consistently win the Pac-12 South and then, you know, you probably probably end up having to play Oregon and, you know, getting getting yourself into the playoff conversation every year at USC. And, you know, the, since since Pete Carroll, they've made some pretty boneheaded um, hires and, you know, they've kind of fallen on hard times. But you can very easily build that back up at USC. So, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley – he was handed a pretty, pretty nice uh, golden keys at Oklahoma, and you know he kept it going. Um, I think he, you know, he's been a very solid offensive play caller and everything. But you know, I get why he left. Um, what's really funny is the Oklahoma fans' reactions. You know, calling him a traitor, and you know, and and this is coming from a guy that obviously I've given you know Judas Country Club beard a hard time and everything, um, but. You know, it's just still funny to watch Oklahoma fans react to it and then talk about that he was cheating. And that's always rich when Oklahoma fans complain about cheating. I mean, literally, their mascot is a cheater. Look it up in the historical records. A Sooner was somebody that snuck into the territory of Oklahoma early to colonize it before everybody else could. They cheated their way into Oklahoma. So... You know, it's just funny. Oklahoma fans, you were cracking me up. Same with the Notre Dame fans. And that was a big surprise that Brian Kelly uh, chose to leave. That kind of came out of left field for me. But again, you know, Notre Dame fans melting down about it. Yeah, it's not 1950-something anymore. And Newt Rockney's not rocking through that door, Notre Dame. It's going to be it's going to be easier to get talent in the SEC than it's ever going to be at Notre Dame nowadays. Sorry. I mean... You know, good for you, Notre Dame. You've you've gotten millions of dollars from NBC to televise your games, but the bottom line is, you're not going to attract the top talent like you can attract at LSU. So I get why Brian Kelly does that. Here's what I don't get: is Brian Kelly and his fake Southern accent. That is, I mean, if you have not seen the video of him at the LSU basketball game, you need to go search that out because that might be. One of the worst Southern accents I've ever heard. And Brian Kelly does kind of strike me as a little bit of a shyster politician type. Um, will he do well at LSU? I think he probably will. Um, but, I mean, LSU is not that difficult of a place to win at. You know, you've you've got pretty much a lot of talent in your own backyard. And, you know, I think he'll probably do solid. And he did pretty well at Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame, you know, go back before Brian Kelly, you had the Charlie Wise experiment, which that was pretty much disastrous. You know, you had, um, you know, I think who was before Charlie Wise? Uh, oh, it was Ty Willingham. He did pretty decent, but, you know, that was still in the, in, you know, when Ty Willingham was there, that was in time period where Notre Dame had these expectations of undefeated national championship every year, you know. They ran Ty Willingham off, and then you got Bob Davey. Well, he didn't do very good. Then you got Lou Holtz, and Lou, I mean, obviously Lou Holtz, you know, was was the last one to win a national championship there. But I mean, you, you know, you compare, you know, 
Lou Holtz, Brian Kelly. You know, Brian Kelly's had a lot of success. Um, hasn't translated to a national championship. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, the way that it's set up now with the playoff, you know, Notre Dame doesn't match up well with, you know, your average SEC school in terms of talent. And so, you know, we saw what happened when they would make the playoff. They'd get, you know, the doors blown off of them and, you know, in the semifinal games. So, um, you know, just is what it is, I guess. Um, as far as Oklahoma, it's going to be interesting to see who wins, uh, who ends up uh, getting hired on that job. I still feel like maybe they're going to just turn around and just let Bob Stoops uh, coach again, and we might have like a Bill Snyder situation. Um, it sounds like it was, you know, a lot of Bob Stoops meddling that Lincoln Riley was growing tired of. So I love the soap opera, though, with Oklahoma. Anytime that there's mess at Oklahoma and at Texas, and we're getting them both this year, that's just a cherry on top as a Tech fan. And as someone that they're abandoning, you know, to go to the SEC and be the 7th and 8th place team. So that'll be fun. So let me give you my thoughts a little bit on the Tech basketball game. You know, Tech played on Tuesday. Or, yeah, excuse me, on Wednesday. I'm getting my days mixed up. On Wednesday against Providence, everyone and we all knew that this was going to be Tech's first big test this year. I mean, they have basically have done what they're supposed to, beaten these pretty inferior teams that they've played, got themselves to 6-0. and And, you know, we had our first big test at Providence. They did lose a close game. But I think there's honestly more good than bad uh, from this game. You know, Tech held the lead. They even built it up to a double-digit lead at one point in the first half. Um, and, you know, just kind of they just kind of fell apart. The free-throw shooting on Tech's part was atrocious. They got to fix that, you know. I'm sorry. It's just, to me, it's just no excuse to, to miss more free-throws than you make. Because I'll tell you, if I'm an opposing team coach – and I'm looking at the stats, and I'm playing a team that is terrible at free throw shooting. We'll hack a shack all day. You know what's the big deal? I can, I can, I've got you know people on the bench that can foul and, and get them to the free throw line. And if they're gonna Shaquille O'Neal the free throws, <laughs> that's no big loss for me. So they got they got to fix the free throw situation. Um, they struggled with rebounding in the first half. Got a little bit better in the second half. Um, but you know this was a very winnable game and. I saw a lot of good. That this is a very talented team, you know. Certainly, you know T.J. Shannon's going to probably be your go-to person. But I think you you still have some more scores than you've had in the past. You know, there's a lot of people that were saying, "Oh, you know, we didn't score. The motion offense is back." Blah blah blah. I think there was a little part of that too. Was the officiating? Um, they were calling the game very closely, and you know that. By the way, that does not make for a entertaining basketball game you know sometimes the refs on both sides need to swallow the whistle because it wasn't just against tech they were calling just as many fouls against providence and credit providence they made their free throws so um overall i I thought you know a lot more good than bad you know they get tennessee this tuesday at madison square garden it's gonna be another uh tough game and, you know, I think it's a good good early test. But, the, you know, this is still going to be, I think, a very solid team when Big 12 plays, play starts. And I think it's still going to be a team that finishes in the upper half of the Big 12. And, you know, we'll go to the NCAA tournament. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's, it's just really funny to me when, um, you know, 
basketball, and you'll see this a lot with tech baseball, when they lose a game and, you know, it's all of a sudden, oh, it's over, you know, meltdown, you know, what's going on? And, you know, you're allowed to lose a game in basketball and baseball. It doesn't ruin your season, um, you know. So and I'd rather lose a game like this in late November, early December than lose a game like they did against Providence in March. So, you know, I, I think tech, I think tech basketball will be fine. You know, even if they lose to Tennessee this, this Tuesday, um, I think they're still going to be fine. So, but you know, congratulations to the Cowboys, by the way, they, they were able to win Thursday against the saints. You know, the, the Cowboys that were not, that didn't have COVID, uh, were there and they won, which was good. You know, it's it's lining up for the Cowboys to – I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs fairly easily. I mean, again, we're in the NFC East. So you got two games against the Redskins. you still got a game against the Giants and the Eagles. I think, you you know, you'll make the playoffs fairly easily. I think the – I think obviously the opportunity to get that number one seed, which is the only one that gets a bye, is probably a huge pipe dream at this point. I'd love to see the Cowboys at least win one or two. I'd like to get them to get at least get to the NFC Championship game. It's been so long since that even happened. Um, but well, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, this is NFC seems to be very top heavy this year. You know, certainly with with uh, Green Bay and Arizona and in the conversation, and you know, Tampa is is going to be very strong again. You know, but and 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 I, I you know I'm still. I said at the beginning of this season, you know, I thought we were, we were headed towards, you know, Rams, Bill, Super Bowl. I still think the Rams could be, you know, probably the team that could come out because I'm just, I just love that, you know, the Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, Rams marriage. But, you know, I, I think it's the NFC is definitely going to be uh, pretty entertaining to, to watch in the playoffs because I think you've got several teams, you know, I think your top, probably all, you know, top six could be potentially you know go on a run to the Super Bowl AFC a little bit different you know and and who would have thought you know a month ago Kansas City's trending trending back up you know Buffalo's kind of falling apart you know Tennessee's had some bad losses you know New England how about them you know they've they've put it together but you know could we be could we be seeing the Chiefs you know get hot at the right time and, and go on a run. I don't know. Um, they play the Broncos tomorrow night, you know, should be, should be a win. Um, but we'll see what happens, but they've looked impressive. They had their bye week and, you know, I, I think they're, they're in a pretty solid position. And I didn't think that a month ago, you know, a month ago, the way that they were playing, I thought it would be, you know, difficult to even make, make the playoffs, let alone, you know, do anything when they get into the playoffs. So, you know, it's it's just interesting, interesting to see. So we'll see, we'll see what happens as far as NFL football. All right, we're gonna talk a little bit now about Star Trek. I got just two thoughts on some Star Trek stuff. I did watch the latest Discovery episode this week. You know, I, I just gotta say, it, Discovery is just not not doing it for me um, this season. I. You know, I enjoyed season one and two, enjoyed season three, and it just, just to me, the season four just has not been strong. I did the, yesterday's episode, I just just not, I wasn't a fan of it. You know, we we did get to revisit Navarre, which is, you know, obviously it's the Vulcan homeworld, and then you know you had the whole 
storyline with the synthetic. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the characters or if it's, we're repeating the same plot line, but it's different, you know, threat to the galaxy and, you know, discovery is going to save the day. I'm not sure, but you know, discovery when it came out, I really loved some of the earlier episodes, but it's to me, it's just kind of on the downward trend right now. And it is, it's definitely in my opinion, the weakest of the new Star Trek shows. So I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I haven't even heard if it's been renewed for season five. But you know, I wish they would make some changes and you know, at the very least, if we get a season five, let's not do an anomaly or some sort of weird science phenomenon threatening the galaxy. Let's do something different than that. So I was finally able to watch the center seat Episode three, um, the History Channel ten part documentary um, that the, that they're doing, and pretty good, pretty good episode. It was mostly what well, was all on the uh, Star Trek the motion picture making, the Star Trek the motion picture movie, and kind of the history of getting to that point. Some of the information I had already known, but it was really cool. They had the, the original screen tests uh, with Lieutenant Zahn, who was supposed to replace Spock in the uh, when they were going to do a Star Trek Phase 2 series. And, you know, just a lot of interesting information about the making of the motion picture. And, you know, one of the things they said at the end of the uh, episode was, you know, the motion picture has, you know, it's a mixed bag with Star Trek fans. And I I would definitely agree with it. You know, when I first started to like Star Trek, um, I did not see the motion picture until very later on Um, you know I think my first Star Trek movie I ever saw was might have been the voyage home and then you know I saw I I went in weird order I mean I saw voyage home then I think I went back and saw wrath of Khan search search for Spock and then final frontier at some point and then undiscovered country and I remember the first time I saw the motion picture I was honestly I was bored out of my mind now I was probably 10 or 11 years old when I saw it so it's not a good movie for 10 or 11 year olds, you know, but I mean, as I've gotten older and, you know, two years ago, they brought it back into theaters for the 40th anniversary of the, of the movie. And I went and saw it in theaters and it, it holds up a lot better. Um, the older I get, you know, it, it, it is a more entertaining movie. Is it my favorite? No, but it's, it's not my least favorite. And it's, it's probably not even on the bottom three of Star Trek movies for me. You know, certainly, you know, Final Frontier to me is the worst Star Trek movie ever made. You know, Neme- Nemesis was pretty weak. I've got friends that like it, but I never really cared for Insurrection. That one was uh, pretty, pretty rough to sit through. And, you know, I would put honestly Star Trek Into Darkness uh, near the bottom. And it's not because I didn't enjoy that movie, but I just thought it was kind of a weak cop out to basically remake Wrath of Khan and then pretend you didn't. But that's a whole other conversation for another day. So, um, overall, it was a pretty good episode. Um, I've got episode four on my DVR to watch. Um, this one's going to get more into the, some of the other sequels, Wrath of Khan, certainly search for Spock, those, and then after these four episodes, then you've got to watch it on the History Vault, which I'm going to give a little bit of a mini rant about. Um, I've been look, you know, you could get it on Amazon Prime, the History Vault. And I went in and looked, and I, I haven't purchased it. I haven't done my free trial or any of that yet. 
But it's interesting to me that they have episode five, six, eight, and ten. They're missing two episodes. When I went back and looked about, I think, two weeks ago, they were missing episode five and six or something. I think History Channel's trying to be really cute with us, and they're not going to have all of five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 available for you to watch all at the same time. Because I think they realize that a lot of us are going to try and take advantage of the free trial subscription and watch like binge watch all of them at once and then not have to pay. So honestly, History Channel, that's kind of cheap and Bush League in my opinion. But having said that, you probably are going to get me because I, I've, I've enjoyed the documentary and the ones that I really wanted to see about the 90s Star Trek era are the ones on the history vault. So you probably will get my money at least one month and then I will immediately, um, you know, cancel it after I watch those episodes. So that's, uh, that's it on the Star Trek stuff. Um, as far as wrestling this week, you know, again, I, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I have not watched a Monday night raw probably in several months. And it's a combination of things. It's, you know, football being on and just I'm busy with other stuff and it just hasn't been something I've been able to watch. Um, I did finally watch a SmackDown. I hadn't watched SmackDown probably in a two or three weeks, you know, and Brock Brock was back last night. And, you know, I do like that the, um, they're building to a day one pay-per-view. They're going to have one on January 1st. And I looked at the schedule for WWE next year for pay-per-views, and they are having a lot of pay-per-views on Saturday next year. And I think that is a good strategy. Um, in fact, the the Royal Rumble is going to be on a Saturday. I was uh, I was real interested, you know, when the NFL announced their additions to the playoffs and an additional week of the regular season, when the, which meant they were going to push the Super Bowl back a week. What was the WWE was going to do with the Royal Rumble because past several years the royal rumble has taken place in that week between the conference championship games and the super bowl and i think that was a really good um strategy by the wwe because that is on i mean you have the pro bowl but that's it's that's not really good football to watch you've got this kind of dead week in football and sports that they were able to fill with the royal rumble they don't have that anymore but i do think strategically Moving it to a Saturday, I think it's a good strategy. And in moving a lot of these pay-per-views to a Saturday, I think it's a good strategy. You know, I've never really understood why Sunday became wrestling pay-per-view night. You know, Sunday nights for me, and, and, and yeah, I know I'm I know I'm kind of weird. <laughs> you know, a lot of people said, you know, Sunday nights for me, I'm not, you know, spending time watching wanting to deal with pay-per-view. You know, I'm winding down getting ready for the next week at hand and you know i think saturdays is better better time period i personally i wish the super bowl would move to saturdays you know i think that would be a great move on their part and then don't even get me started on the national championship game being on a monday night i don't know why they feel the need and then and then to start it at like eight o'clock at night you know again not i just i don't get that but that's a whole story for another day so, but anyway, they're building to this day one pay-per-view. We're going to have Brock versus Roman Reigns. Uh, Seth Rollins taking on Big E for the, the two world titles. Um, be interesting what happens. I think rumors I've heard 
is we're trending towards a triple threat match with Roman, Brock, and Drew McIntyre. And I think what you're going to see is McIntyre taking the universal title um, in that match. I think that he's going to be the ultimate one to dethrone Roman Reigns. As far as the WWE title, I'm not sure what what we're leading to there. Um, you know, certainly Seth Rollins is a pretty pretty hot heel right now, um, getting a lot of heat. Um, do you put the belt on him, or do you keep it on Big E? I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll have my predictions. You know, maybe in a well, it'll be in a couple of weeks um, down the road. So anyway, um, we're gonna take this commercial break, and then I'll be back with my Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. It's now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And this Tip of the Week is for everyone that lives in and around the Lubbock area. We are now entering the Christmas season. And next weekend, this is going to be December the 10th and the 11th, I would recommend, if you've never been to it, go to the Candlelight at the Ranch. This is an event that takes place at the Ranching Heritage Center, which is uh, it's on the Texas Tech campus if you've never been there. And it is one of my favorite Christmas traditions. Obviously, didn't get to go to it last year because of COVID and everything. They didn't have it. So excited that, they're, that it is back this year. But, you know, they have uh, all of the old buildings. If you've, ever been, if you've never been in the Ranching Heritage Center, the Ranching Heritage Center um, has a lot of old buildings, um, you know, from the time period when people first moved to this area all the way into the early 1900s. Well, they have everything decorated uh, for Christmas, and then they have people in period costumes basically celebrating Christmas the way that they would have during that time period. And so you get to go through uh, the houses, they've got luminarias lighting every everything, and they've got uh, people they've got choir singers bell bell choirs you get hot chocolate and kettle corn things like that but it's 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 such a great event and it's it starts on friday uh, at 6 30 to 9 and then saturday 6 30 to 9 as well um that's five dollars is the suggested donation which it's well worth it i mean you you know you can spend several hours out there at the ranching heritage center and and get to, you know, really get yourself into the spirit of Christmas. It's always packed every year. So I, my suggestion is the earlier you go, the, the better. Because, I mean, you will be having to walk through a little bit of lines. But they've gotten better through the years of having diff- different pathways that you can use to go through all of the different houses. But um, that is my tip of the week. It's a great Christmas event. Again, it's called Candlelight at the Ranch. It's at the Ranching Heritage Center in Lubbock, and it's definitely well worth if you've even if you live uh, outside of Lubbock, uh, go go to it. So, anyway, hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you next week on the Chris Carpenter Show. <laughs>